This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run and I am Tan Chen Lee. On today's show, we are going to discuss MRT3 and its impact on property valuation. Back in March, Prime Minister Dato Sri Ismail Sabri announced that the MRT3 project has been revived. Dubbed as the final piece of connectivity in the KL public transport system, the MRT3 links the central business district with the other radial rail lines. With the estimated construction costs of 31 billion ringgit that will involve the construction of 31 stations over 50 kilometres of rail lines, what impact will the project bring to properties surrounding the stations and the rail lines? So we have today with us Sulaiman Saheh, Director of Research at Rahim & Co International, to tell us more. Good morning, Sulaiman. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jenny. Thank you very much for having me at the show. Now, when it comes to looking for a place to call home for Malaysians, other than road connectivity, how important is rail connectivity? Before we talk about rail connectivity, connectivity in itself is actually um, an underlying factor, if you like, when we revisit the the mantra in real estate, which is location, 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 uh, for something to be well located, it is also inadvertently mean that it is well connected and well accessed. It has a good accessibility to the uh, particular property. So, so how important rail connectivity is? It's uh, basically um, uh, it's a question of accessibility, and as more and more convenience are, in, uh, are offered by rail-based public transport like LRT or MRT due to the uh, elevated railway or dedicated railway that that uh, somehow they have actually uh, moved away or basically avoided uh, traffic jams because it's actually all on a rail base. So rail connectivity becomes very important, very important because and also with the number of stations where they're located makes it easily accessed for people, uh, for residents, as well as uh, business visitors or even patrons of a shopping mall. Right. So it seems like convenience and accessibility is an important criteria when it comes to looking for a place to call home. But will these criteria be the same when it comes to a commercial setup? It is also important to the to, uh, to commercial setup. Although for the residential side, it is more of convenience coming uh, from work or to to go to work and also having access to all the amenities and facilities. But for retail, for example, the how big of your catchment or your uh, catchment to get more customers and visitors to the to your shop or to your mall um, is actually um, is as important as having the mall itself. Because there's no use having a mall that is not well connected. Say, for example, you have a mall or retail area or shopping center or a, or, a, or even a commercial area, uh, office area, but it's so hard for you to access to that location. So nobody's going to come in. So it is also very important to, to commercial setups. So when you say connectivity, do you mean or facilities such as walkways, car parks, feeder buses? Yes, it is. Uh, it forms part of the overall connection or accessibility uh, 
uh, more importantly, it, it will boil down to uh, to the user experience, to the experience of people coming from point A to go to point B. Um, so all these covered pathways or even lighted pathways, uh, uh, which is well-designed, ventilated, and even uh, introduce the element of uh, CCTV for better security, or even with the lighting is actually uh, very good for, for better security as well. It improves the whole user experience. And when a person is actually more comfortable using a particular route, especially when they actually come to the final uh, mile of their travel or final meter of their travel, if you like, uh, because this is where rail, uh, rail-based public transportation uh, it is not going to be able to uh, fit to the needs of everybody in terms of having a station every 400 meters uh, or every every 200 meters. They're not as uh, as many compared to bus stops or bus halts, uh, but it is serviced through feeder buses. So when we talk about connectivity, what is the ideal coverage or distance? Should walkways or even feeder buses be extended to? I think if we look uh, from from everybody's uh, individual perspective, the closer it is to my house, is <laughs> the better it is. But to be realistic within, with to we can't actually have a station every everywhere. Uh, Travelling distance that is of certain acceptable level basically revolve around the 5 to 10 minutes walking distance. So 5 to 10 minutes walking distance uh, range from 400 meter radius to up to four, uh, up to 800 meter radius, uh, which is basically a radius, mind you, may not mean it's 400 meters of actual walking distance because you have to actually time your getting down the stairs, getting on the lift, uh, walking in in a curve or uh, walking uh, through different paths and whatnot, so that overall experience of ten minutes might be just four hundred meters in actual radius. If I were to shift our attention to integration, our government has proposed to construct affordable homes above the multi-storey car park facilities in at least eight of the proposed MRT3 stops, not just to maximise land use, but also to alleviate the shortage of affordable homes in the city. What do you make of this? The opportunity that's being uh, that's brought by these MRT station facilities and whatnot is actually quite huge especially in terms of helping us to, to somehow solve a little bit in terms of the housing affordability issue or providing more affordable homes. The importance of having these kind of uh, stations where you have affordable homes together, designed, integrated with the multi-story car park block, where there will be some uh, induced traffic because people go into park, so they'll have a lot of customers or customer base potential. But this is also a potential market for people to catch. Hence, there could be some uh, some shops uh, in those development in those areas, and above it, there could be some uh, residential components. So, th- these particular uh, houses, if we were to actually put it as, as a more affordable segment, catering to those uh, M40 as well as B40, it will definitely help them. It will definitely help them, but. At the same time, um, for 
developers to come in. So they would actually come in uh, for a profit, for a business that has a profit uh, agenda. Uh, so this, the financial sustainability is also very uh, important. And that's where they actually have to mix between uh, some of it, maybe affordable components, some of it might be on a high-end uh, components or not really high, high-end. Uh, it's going to be uh, higher end because of the 600,000, 700,000, 800,000 units uh, ringgit per, per unit could be there as well because it depends on the overall design and uh, offering from the from the project. You mean 600, 700 ringgit per square feet? Uh, 600, 700 ringgit per square foot, yeah. yeah. I'm speaking to Sulaiman Stahe, Director of Research at Rahim & Co. We will be back with more on valuation of properties near MRT3. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run and I am Tan Chen Lee. With me today is Sulaiman Stahe, Director of Research at Rahim & Co. And we are discussing the MRT3 project and its impact on properties. So the MRT3 project will increase the valuation of property situation around the stations and the rail lines. What are the main contributing factors to the valuation appreciation? Going into property values, we, do, we don't just look at uh, one single factor. There's a lot, there's a myriad of factors that, are, that play significant uh, role in creating the value uh, to a property. Um, and one of it is definitely uh, connectivity and accessibility. And uh, we can see that uh, from the basic elements of uh, it being within a good location, uh, within the right neighborhood, uh, safe and secure environment, uh, even the design of it, the quality of building, all this is basically within the looking at certain aspects, whether it's on a macro level or micro level within the building. But there's also the interconnectivity uh, aspect, which is basically provided through the, the connection and rail transportation connection, road transportation connection, as well as visual connection. And visual connection here is, is actually on exposure and whatnot. But um, the question on whether how much of a value appreciation or how much uh, premium is created to a particular transit-oriented development or a development that's uh, close to a station or even integrated uh, to a station, it varies. But what, because is, what is the rough range that we can expect from valuation perspective? The reason why I say it varies is that it can range from 5% to 7% or even it can go up to uh, 15, 10, 15% or even sometimes up to 20 or even higher uh, in terms of the appreciation. But how do people actually cal uh, calculate the, the appreciation here? We see if we look into the market right now, there are there could be 20% uh, appreciation between one TOD or transit-oriented development near an MRT or LRT station compared to the rest of the market within that lo location. It is not just due to the access point or the it being close to an uh, to a station. It is also because of the timing of the development as well as the it being a newer concept development, which gives a lot more. Uh, lifestyle element, as well as the branding element as well, the whole overall uh, aesthetics value to the to the to the design and everything uh, is also integrated. Mm -hmm. But if we're to making a comparison, comparison like with like, 
meaning that we have a great new development of 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 a of a modern design, uh, contemporary facilities that's that's uh, that meets the demands of today. For a development that's uh, close to an LRT station or MRT station, compared to something that's about one and a half kilometers or two kilometers away from the station, uh, the premium could be uh, with with it, uh, it being the same uh, and having still uh, road transport is still there. Only the benefit is on the rail base. It probably be it's around five to seven percent or even eight percent, because that in itself alone it's. Uh, it is not just the only determinant factor, um, as I said, because all the other elements can push it up to 15% or 10%. Um, and an interesting note here that we see there's a, there's a study that was done in Singapore even for their MRT stations. Uh, a similar um, uh, range is actually was actually identified as a research there actually said the appreciation for this TOD uh, development because of the element of transport alone, it can go, five, uh, it was actually 6.1% in Singapore, but that is only for the rail, uh, being pro close proximity to a rail station mm -hmm. without looking at other elements that can even boost the premium for the development. And so if I were to look at the circle line, um, mm. because it has been said to pass through affluent areas, is there still valuation upside to these proposed areas? For affluent areas, that there is short answer to that question is yes, there is. Because even though the affluent areas are already basically in terms of the pricing, it has plateaued, it has not been uh, look, uh, it has not uh, been moving up in terms of value appreciation as fast as the other growing areas. But these stations gives that opportunity for newer types of development within those affluent areas. Because the concept of a TOD, um, of a transit-oriented development, especially within a true, truly integrated development, it's kind of uh, something new-ish. It, it is not new. It has been in the market for the past 10, 15 years already, or even 20 years. But now it becomes more and more mainstream and people do appreciate uh, being close to a station uh, because it's easy to move around and especially when you you are, you are right above or right close by to to a, to a major amenities, a major shopping mall, for example. So you don't really need to go out far anymore or even actually you just take a ride uh, through the train to go to the city centre for your, for your office. Uh, for, for for your workplace or even to the suburban areas. We talk a lot about valuation appreciation, but there is also the possibility of valuation erosion. So what are the possible factors that might contribute to valuation erosion? Well, um, as you would appreciate, a property uh, property values do, do fluctuate. Uh, there's property cycle um, as well as... Uh, that's on the, on the macroeconomics perspective, the property cycle. But looking at the property itself, the state of the property, state of the locality is also uh, a determinant in terms of the prospectus, uh, prospective value movement for the property. Uh, but in, in certain areas uh, where, where heavy developments are coming in and there's, there's a lot of disruption to the flow, disruption to... To the excess uh, due to the 
due to the uh, construction uh, period, you can probably see uh, people shifting out uh, momentarily, I guess, uh, to a better, more convenient location uh, during the development period because of the moving away from the inconvenient location. But in the long run, uh, with the with the whole system already in place, I think this would actually be corrected again uh, as long as the development is uh, befitting the the fundamental aspects of of being a good property, a good property development, uh, quality location, uh, good strategy location, great quality, well integrated, well connected, uh, as well as the maintenance side. Uh, because you see here, uh, one uh, one uh, concern is actually with certain developments where the station is actually integrated together with the building, uh, the management of those structures uh, would fall under strata management. Now, this is where, where the high-rise living or strata management living have to be well managed well after the completion and operation of the of the uh, of the rail stations, because how do you actually maintain the traffic flow uh, if if it's together with a retail podium and and that's where the management and maintenance as well as the overall experience of people wanting to actually continue to stay there or not or even to do to do some business there. But what about noise? Because you know it's very convenient and accessible oh, yes. if you're located near the MRT station. But noise yeah. can also be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, there are instances where noise pollution due to the rail lines are actually attributed to the to the, not to say value erosion, but then the frequency of transactions have actually dropped. But where as time goes by, due to the demand of the population, there are still other aspects of the community, other strata of the community who actually are still looking for places to live close to a, to a station. So those places are still being rented out, although uh, maybe to not the same, not to the same profile of tenants. Uh, it is probably to the younger guys or even a couple of friends who actually come and share to actually rent uh, those places. And based on the current proposed routes of the MRT3, which are the areas that stand to benefit the most, in your opinion? Oh, safe to say all the locations will actually benefit. <laughs> Just <laughs> safe to say. But uh, uh, which one probably in terms of, in terms of uh, opportunity for newer developments, uh, for property uh, development and investment even, I think areas where all this while the urbanscape of that particular location have been growing. I, th I think we can see like even even in, uh, uh, let's just take, uh, this is actually on the circle line that goes through uh, from Mon Kiara area, it goes to uh, it goes to Jalan Kuching, then Titiwangsa, and then going to the Stapa area, to Ampang area, and then go to uh, the... Uh, Cheras area, and then it goes back to Jalan Klang Lama, and then UM, and then goes back to the loop towards the towards Monkeara. So, all those areas are all uh, developed areas, uh, established areas. But you can see even within this, these these uh, established areas, certain areas are still going through a trans transformation phase. For example, for example, like you look at Monkeara, Monkeara is already a 
um, a very well established location and the community there is quite uh, the, the the properties there uh, befits the community and lifestyle that's actually uh, offered in Monkeara. But just moving up, Bukit Segambut, for example, where there's a lot of opportunity for urban renewal, urban uh, regeneration to be created there. That could be an area uh, in, in, in the uh, Monkeara, Bukit Segambut, Taman Sri Sina, uh, Dutamas. Uh, it's an, uh, an area over there. But also you can see within certain areas, although this, those would be opportunities for pocket developments like uh, like in uh, Danau Kota, Star Park area, uh, even even in within the Ampang stretch, you can see the Ampang stretch. There's a lot of developments which were, I guess, they were they do not enjoy that as uh, to the same degree of accessibility to rail-based public transport in the past. Now they will actually have access to these rail-based uh, public transport system. Uh, those areas like uh, in Chiraz, or even uh, they, they would they would actually be benefiting uh, more, I guess, compared to the ones that are already matured, already has uh, another system in place, and now there's another integration with another system. Uh, but even in saying that, even in saying that, certain areas where it has rail base, uh, say, say basically from from the LRT station, they actually they are served with an LRT system in the area. But now with MRT system integrated and giving them a better reach, uh, that still would give uh, an opportunity uh, for capital appreciation as well as value growth. Because, again, it is not just for residential purposes, it's also for commercial purposes and also the ease of transportation. And that is all the time we have today on the Property Show on the Morning Run. I have been speaking to Sulaiman Sahih, Director of Research at Rahim & Co. on MRT3 project and its impact on the property market. I am Tan Chen Li, signing off for the Morning Run. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.